Good day to you fine people of God. I'm Pastor Cole McClendon coming to you from Central Assembly of God, Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. I trust that you will find great value in listening to this message today. My hope is that you're encouraged and strengthened by the word given and that you will return to this site frequently to listen in. Be blessed. It's an, uh, always an honor and privilege for me uh, to be able to share the word with you. Um, I know that God is going to speak a word that's going to challenge you, that's going to uplift you, that's going to encourage you today. And I, I, uh, I normally this message, I split it into two parts. So I'm going to do my best in the time that we have, amen, um, because I know uh, that uh, we we want to uh, get on with the uh, with the weekend. Praise the Lord! Is there anybody here that 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 came to the service this morning in the middle of something that you were doing? Like, were you camping and you 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 left your tent and your and your camper to come to church? Because I just want to give you all the praise you deserve. No, nobody here. Okay, so we have no campers here right now. See, that means so all the all the campers are like, we ain't going to church. We camping. We ain't going. Praise the Lord. Uh, so, uh, so this message, I'm going to do my best to, to be able to relay it with the time that we have. And it, I, I want to title it Unmuted. Praise God. Unmuted. And if I was going to give it a subtitle, it would be, I have an announcement to make. Somebody say, I have an announcement to make. First Peter chapter two, verse nine and ten. First Peter chapter two, verse nine and ten says, but you are a chosen people. This is the New Living Translation. A royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, at one time in your life, you weren't his people. But now you are his people. But now you are his people. We need to become of the mentality that we don't worry about what we once were, praise God, but we focus on what we are now. Glory to Jesus. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had, re- you had not received mercy, at one point you were in a space, you were in a condition, you were in a season in your life uh, where you had put the roadblocks to the mercy that God was offering you. But again, he says, but now you have received mercy. Praise the Lord. So I want to talk to you under this theme of unmuted. Why? Because Peter is telling us in this passage that we have a duty. We have a responsibility to be announcers, praise God. We have the calling to be people that declare the praises of Him who called us out of darkness into His light. How many people here know that you are light? 
Come on, if you know that you're light, give him a shout of praise. I am not in darkness. I am living in the light. And if I'm living in the light, I have something to offer. Praise the Lord. You have something to offer. Perhaps when you weren't his people, perhaps when you weren't living in accordance to what he was calling you to be, you didn't have anything to offer. You thought you had something to offer, but you were offering it to the wrong people. But now God wants you to understand first who you are, chosen, royal priesthood, a holy nation, his special possession. He has you in the palm of his hands, not just so that you can be secure and protected and blessed and be able to enjoy all that God has for his children, but that you may declare, praise the Lord. Let me tell you right now, there is a war in our culture. There is a struggle in our society. And the, the, the function of the church uh, isn't to judge the war, isn't to judge the struggle, isn't to complain about society. It is to declare, praise the Lord. It is to make an announcement. The church has an announcement to make. It's not a virtue signal. It's not grandstanding. It's not a, a political statement. It is a declaration that the light that the world needs is not found in government. It's not found in corporate America. It's not found in all the money in the world. The declaration, the announcement, what you need to be proclaiming is that you have the light. So we cannot shy away from that struggle. We cannot idly pass by while the world uh, is, is canceled and burns to the ground and implodes in itself. We need to be light. Praise the Lord. We need to be that voice that cries out in the desert. But what is the problem? The problem is that there is something called a mute button. Praise God. How many know what a mute button is? If you own an electronic device, if you own any electronic device, an iPad, a laptop, a television set, even in your car, you have the capability of cutting, canceling, or eliminating for the amount of time that you deem necessary you have the ability of canceling the sound that is being omitted from that device. It's called a mute button. And to illustrate how this works, I need you to understand that just because something is muted, it doesn't mean, it doesn't mean that that which is playing has stopped playing. There's still content going on. If you mute your television set, you know, while you're watching whatever show you're watching now that's popular, if you're Netflixing and chilling, and you mute the television set, Netflix is going to keep playing whatever it is you're watching, 
The only thing that's happening is it's losing its effect because it can't be heard. So that which cannot be heard loses its effect. But the interesting thing is, is that it's still playing. It's still moving. I can still see the movie, but I can't hear anything. I can't hear anything. So having lost its ability to be heard because somebody somewhere at some point found the control and pressed the mute button or perhaps it was under the cushion and you sat down and it hit out of all the other buttons it could have hit, it hit the mute button. So it lost its ability to be heard. It becomes presently at that particular moment in time irrelevant. So the enemy understands that if He's able to mute your voice. Hallelujah. If he's able to mute your sound, you're going to continue living. There's still going to be content. You're still going to have conversations. You're still going to be com- a-, a communicator. Your, your life isn't going to suddenly come to a pause. The only thing that's happening is because you have been muted, your life has lost its effect because you cannot be heard. Let me illustrate this for you. Until I unmute it, that my words begin to again have an effect. Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? So we don't want to be a people that are all about action, we're all about saying things, we're all about doing things, but our words have no effect. Our words have no effect. We must understand that we have been called by God to be heard. To be heard and being muted is not an option for the church. I can't be a muted believer. I can't be a muted Christian. I can't continue walking and living my life like like I'm having this great effect on people when in actuality God cannot hear me. I pray and nothing happens. I ask God and He cannot respond. There's something going on in my life that has pressed the mute button. But let me also tell you that being muted is not the same as being silent. Because to, being muted means that there's content playing. There's movement happening, but there's no sound because there has been a mute button pressed intentionally. There has been a mute button pressed intentionally. But being silent, if I'm playing hide and seek at my house with my kids and I'm hiding in my closet, I am going to keep silent because I don't want nobody to find me. 
I want to intentionally stay anonymous. I don't want, I don't want people to hear me. I don't want to make a sound. So there are times in our lives when we're muted, but there are other times in our lives when we're being silent. And we're being silent out of fear. We're being silent out of doubt. We're being silent because we don't want to get engaged. How many years was the church silent in our culture? How many years was the church silent in our government landscape? But we see groups and we see activists that don't share the values of the church. Activists that go counter, that run counter, that their objective and their desire is a culture and a society where everything is permissible and everything, nothing has, we're living in the era of the cancellation of consequences. We're living in the era of the cancellation of consequences. They want to be able to tell you that you, when it doesn't matter, you're 5, you're 10, you're 11, you're 15, you're 16, that you can change your gender, your sex, go to top surgery, bottom surgery, reassignment surgery, and suffer no consequences. They want to be tell you that you can that 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 you can uh, can can do whatever you want to do, and there are no consequences. We're living in the era of the cancellation of consequences. People do not want to be held accountable any longer. But I came to tell you today that if you're silent out of fear of what people are going to say about you, then you're not living in your identity as a child of God. If you're silent because you're, because of the fear of being canceled. I, I, I used to, I used to try to be politically satirical on social media and I, 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 I toned it down a little bit. Not because I'm scared of what people, you have no idea sometimes. I done just got, I just done watched the, the news or I, I read an article or I received news from from uh, our organization about a particular issue that's happening in our schools and 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 I'm dying I have my fingers ready I'm, I'm writing something and I'm about to I'm about to post I'm about to announce something but then I I, I tone myself back I told myself back, not because I'm scared. I have absolutely, uh, I, I, I don't care, uh, absolutely not one bit what people might respond to anything I post. As long as I know I'm posting it responsibly. As long as I know I'm not hurting anyone. As long as I know I'm not coming after anyone. And as long as I know that I am maintaining my integrity as a man and a child of God. But you see, there's people that they, they, when we live in that fear that we don't want to stir people up. We don't want to stir people up. You can get fired nowadays. You can get fired nowadays for saying that the rainbow is a, a symbol of the promise of God to humanity. That he would never again destroy the earth with a flood. 
You can, you can get fired from your job for posting something like that. Because we're living in the era of the cancellation of consequences, except for if you're somebody who has values. For those of us who want to do good, for those of us who believe in the Bible, for those of us who have a Christian worldview, there are consequences for saying the things that are true. But that does not mean that I need to let my sound be muffled. That does not mean that I am not going to live a life that means something. That does not mean that I'm going to allow everyone to speak and I'm going to stay silent. Everyone spoke. Everyone spoke. Throughout COVID, everyone spoke. There were so many things exposed. And that was our opportunity. That was God ushering in an opportunity for the church to make a sound. Ushering an opportunity for Christians to stand up in their school boards and make a sound. Ushering an opportunity for believers to stand up in their town halls, in their, in their town squares and make a sound. Why? Because sound means life. Sound means life. The dead make no sound. If you're dead, I know you're dead because you don't make a sound. If your worship is dead, I know your worship is dead because you don't praise God. Because you can't lift your hands, because you can't clap, because you can't shout. The psalmist says, as I was silent, my bones began to crumble. Because silence, when you're supposed to be making a sound, is going to create the atmosphere that life cannot dwell in. Because sound means life. Psalm chapter 150. Praise God in His sanctuary. Praise Him in His mighty heaven. Praise, praise God for His mighty works. Praise His unequaled, His unequaled greatness. Praise Him with the blast of the ram's horn. Praise Him with lyre and harp. The psalmist is saying, make a sound. Praise the Lord. The psalmist is saying, God is so great that even if you feel He hasn't done anything for you, you should still make a sound to glorify His greatness. Come on, somebody make a sound in this place. Praise Him with the blast of the ram's horn. Come on, Santos. Praise Him with the blast of the ram's horn. Praise Him with the lyre and the harp. Praise Him with the tambourine and dancing. Praise Him with strings and flutes. You could be going through a situation where you don't know what the next step is. But the psalmist is saying, praise Him anyways. Maybe you don't have it all figured out and you have no money in the bank. But praise Him anyways. 
because when you praise him you're letting the devil know that you still have life oh my god when you lift up a shout you're letting hell know i'm not dead yet i'm not dead yet and i'm gonna praise god with money or without money with friends or without friends let everything that has breath praise the lord come on give him a shout Give him a shout of praise. Sound means life. Sound means life. Sound means life. So you don't... I'm going to skip through these. I'm going to skip through these. Hold on. I'm, I'm, I'm going... Down a different direction here. Give me a second. By the way, I'm not a PowerPointer. Pastor Cole is an expert at this. Uh, not me. So I'm, I'm trying to help so you guys can have some context to write down and go and post on Facebook. I'm, I'm good right where I'm at. You don't mute sound. You mute noise. So when your life has lost its sound, when your relationships have lost their sound and all they're doing is making noise, something has happened that has caused the mute button in your life to be pressed. And so the question for you today, whether you've been at this church and been in church and been a believer for many years... Whether it's your first time or whether you have never accepted Christ as your Savior, this question is for all of us. Am I on mute? Hallelujah. Am I on mute? If I cannot effectively communicate with God, if I am praying and asking God to turn certain things in my life around but nothing happens, if I need a, if I really need a breakthrough in my life and I come before God but I still don't receive it, I need to conduct an analysis of that relationship. There's something happening in that relationship that is not allowing my words to have an effect. And like we said earlier, if your words are happening and they're coming out of your mouth and you're speaking them and you're communicating them, but there's no sound, then those words do not have an effect. So there's something that has happened in my relationship. So there's three attitudes that press the mute button in your life. And we're going to speak about those. There's three attitudes that press the mute button in your life. And why do I say attitudes? I say attitudes because it always starts in your mind. Everything that the devil is going to use to try to keep you from your purpose, to try to confuse you as to who you are in Christ, everything the enemy is going to throw at you, everything the enemy is going to try to tell you about your marriage, about your kids, about your job, about your ministry, about your leadership, about your relationships, it's always going to start in your mind. In your mind is where the seed of negativity is sown. 
The seed of doubt, the seed of worry, the seed of anxiety, the seed of depression, the seed of drug abuse, the seed of sin, the seed of profanity, hatred, racism, melancholy, and stress. It's all sown in your mind. Because an attitude is a state of being that oftentimes, that oftentimes transfers into the way we behave. So if I'm behaving a certain way, it's probably most most likely that I'm thinking the way that I am expressing in my behavior. I'm thinking about cursing, which is why people just hear me curse all the time. I'm thinking about hatred, which is why every time I'm around people, I have to express my dislike, my disgust. We can't take you nowhere because you're always complaining about everything and you hate everything about everything, everywhere. You ever met those people? You ever been around those people? You take them to a restaurant, you go to a restaurant, there's not enough ice in the soda. The appetizer comes out, it took too long. The food comes out, oh, this is too bland. These are people that in their minds, they have a seed of creating excuses and never being content and always being miserable all the time. So this is what they express. So what is my life expressing? What my life expresses is the direct result of what I have allowed to occupy my mind. And the first attitude that causes the mute button of our lives to be pressed is sin. It's sin. Because the Bible says that God does not tempt anyone, but we are tempted by what happens in our mind when those desires of our flesh are what becomes what we're constantly thinking about. And you're thinking about that girl you know you shouldn't be thinking about. Or you're thinking about that next scheme that you're going to plan against the IRS. Praise the Lord, that's not here, that's over there in South Dakota. And you're thinking about... So sin, it takes form as a seed in your mind. And that's where we begin to entertain the idea. So it's a constant battle of your mind. It's a constant struggle in your head. I can't think this way. I can't think this way. I know God loves me too much for me to do this. I know Jesus died on the cross to deliver me from these types of actions. This is not who I am anymore. And so the struggle is in your mind. So these attitudes are what are going to cause the mute button to be pressed. But you don't have to let these attitudes be what define you the first one is sin sin is any lifestyle of disobedience to God's word any lifestyle any lifestyle of disobedience to God's word is sin and sin that's how you can tell I'm not a secret friendly preacher because I'll preach about sin till the cows come home Because if I don't preach about sin, and we don't preach about sin, and it's all about grace, love, and kumbaya. And it's all about, let let, let me fill you in on something. Dorothy, we are not in Kansas anymore. 
there's no time to play church. I'm tired of these feel-good messages and these feel-good books and seven steps to receiving uh, the, the blessing of, you know, the God of the universe that we need to protect by killing all the cows. No, this is not about none of that. This is about what is true. What is God speaking to the church now? Right now, what do I need to do to make sure that I'm not muted because I need my sound to have an effect? I need my sound to have an effect because it's not just with God that my sound isn't working. My sound is unplugged. It's not just with God, it's with your relationships. You're gonna, you're gonna see that same effect happen in your relationships with your spouse, with your children, with people you interact with on a daily basis. There's not gonna be any effect to your life. And there's nothing greater that you can give somebody who's in need than the impact of your testimony. That that person can come to you and say, you know what, every time I talk to you, I feel different. We don't talk much, and I talk with everybody and, and anybody, but when I talk to you, I just feel a calmness, and I just feel a peace, and I just feel uh, that I, I feel like everything is going to be okay when I speak to you. That is because your life has a sound that has an effect on people. But sin wants to take that away. Sin wants to take that away. Isaiah 59. Isaiah chapter 59 and verse 2. It says, it's your sins that have cut you off from God. It can't be any clearer than this. It's your sins that have cut you off from God. And because of your sins, he turns away and will not listen. He will not listen. That means you're muted. That means you're speaking, you're crying out, and you're praying, but he can't listen because there's sin. Because you allowed sin to, to, to have a space to occupy, to occupy a space in your life. Ecclesiastes chapter 3 and verse 16. Moreover, I saw under the sun in the place of judgment... Wickedness was there. Where there was supposed to be judgment, there was wickedness. Where there was supposed to be righteousness, there was iniquity. It's overwhelmingly clear, folks, in our current cultural framework, that there is a postmodern and secularist movement where the unrighteous and the wicked are beginning to occupy the space of the righteous and just. Where, where we see churches, we see denominations who have opened the door to allowing their space to be occupied. Everybody is welcome. Everybody is welcome. Every person, every human being has value. Every human being has a purpose. Every human being has been made in the image of God. And the doors of Central Assembly of God are open to every single human being that would come and walk through those doors. But you're going to walk as a sinner, but you're going to leave as a saint. 
You're going to enter as a sinner, but you're going to leave your sin at this altar. Praise the Lord. So the idea is not that we're going to close, that we don't want our... No, occupying the space, occupying the space means that we have an agreement. Occupying the space. And the Bible says that friendship with the world is enmity with God. Because God and sin cannot occupy the same space. Hallelujah. I I feel the Lord. God and sin, holiness and wickedness cannot occupy the same space. Uh, Love and lies cannot occupy the same space. Uh, Hatred uh, and joy cannot occupy the same space. So we need to stand firm uh, and we need to identify to the world that my space is for God and everything that God is going to do in my life. And let me tell you, I don't know of a God that does small things. I don't know of a God who moves confined to a certain space. I only know of a God who is eternal. I only know of a God who is everywhere at one time. He is so great. He is so vast. He is so big that the world, the universe, the universe, he can put it in his hands. He is so great. So I don't know about you, but in my life, the only thing I'm making room for is a move of God in my family, in my marriage, in my finances, in my ministry. I don't want to share my space with the postmodern worldview. I don't want to share my space. And as the church, we cannot allow, we cannot allow, see, culture wants to cancel consequences culture wants to wants to call the things that were at one point unthinkable for those of you that were born I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand for those of you that were born in the 50s the 60s you grew up during an era where I highly doubt that you heard the expression of birthing people. Right? I don't know. I wasn't born in the 50s and 60s, but, uh, I highly doubt that you were, that you were exposed to the expression of a man getting pregnant. Oh. So we see what the modus operandi of our culture has become. We see what they're about, what they're standing on. We see how far they're willing. In 2014, it just started as, oh, well, we just want to be able to get married. In 2000, remember? In 2014, I remember I was preaching in a tent revival when the Supreme Court decision came down. We just want to get married. We just want to have equal rights and be able to get married. Eight years later, it's not about just getting married anymore, is it? One of the things that I said was, I love that movie, Air Force One. How many seen that movie, Air Force One, with Harrison Ford? There's a part in that movie in Air Force One where Glenn Close is talking with Harrison Ford, the president. And she's discussing ceding to the terrorist demands. And Harrison Ford 
tells her on the phone. He says, if you give a mouse a cookie, he's going to ask for a glass of milk. Where are my Latinos at? Got Latinos in the house? That's akin to, si le dan pong, va a querer guiar. Ustedes han escuchado esa expresión. Because there's never, it's never, this is all we want. The goalpost is going to keep on moving and moving and moving and moving and moving. And you know what they want now? They want the church to shut up. There wouldn't, there would make, nothing would make our culture happier. All the different ideologies, it doesn't matter, I'm not here to point one out. All of the different nonsensical, anti-biblical, anti-Christ-like the, uh, ideologies existing in our culture today would love nothing more than for the church to shut up. Praise the Lord. So much for tolerance. So much for tolerance, Santos. I thought tolerance was a two-way street. You know, my wife tolerates my snoring. So it's a two-way street. When she snores, I need to tolerate it too. Because tolerance is a two-way street, Alex, right? It goes both ways. Not in 2022. If you're a, if you're a, you're no longer a Christian no more if you didn't know that. Now it doesn't matter if you're Latino, you're Asian, you're, you're, you're Anglo, you're black, it doesn't, it doesn't matter, Arab, it doesn't matter. If you're a Christian, you are a white nationalist Christian. That's what, that's what they're trying to categorize the church as. It's happening, folks. I'm not, I'm not lying to you. I'm not here just trying to make a statement. No. So as the church, we cannot allow that same modus operandi to infiltrate our relationships and our movements. For although many are like Jesus, there's a lot of people who are like Jesus declared, you honor me with your lips, but your hearts are far from me. So even though there are flaky Christians like that, there are three-lily Christians like that. We will not be compromised by the trends and the fashions that are assaulting our principles and our faith. Why? Because we have a higher calling and a greater purpose. We are the last stand. You are the last stand. There is nothing else that can change the drug addict. There is nothing else that can change the prostitute. There is nothing else that can change the pedophile. There is nothing else that can change the alcoholic. We are the last stand. It's up to us. It's up to us. It's up to us. And sin will always be that element that will cause you to cry out to God and not be heard. Pray and not see answers. Look at what look at what Second Chronicles chapter seven and verse fourteen says. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear. Then and only then, Albert, then and only then will I hear. That means he can't hear you. Praise God. That means he can't hear you. And I will forgive 
their, their sins and I will hear, I will heal their land. You will never be healed if you can't be heard. You will never be healed if you can't be heard. So everything in your life that needs healing, it might not just be your body. You might need a relationship that needs to be healed. You might have, you might have a situation that needs restoration in your life, but you can never be healed if you can't be heard. And the devil wants to keep you from being heard. I gotta keep going. The second attitude is the attitude of pride, the absence of humility. Remember Saul. King Saul allowed his haughty attitude to steer him directly into becoming a rejected king. It can't always be about you. Hallelujah. Y'all gonna like this. It can't just always be about you and how you can do all that you can do because of how good you are. It can't always just be about, it's not about you. It's not about me. When Jesus saw that there was a need for a savior, he said, it's not about me. I will leave my glory behind. I will leave my divinity behind. And I will go and suffer the cross to redeem mankind. It's not about you. Even with Saul's palace, even with his possessions, even with his power, with all his pride, all of that went to the wayside because he lost his anointing. So whenever you have that seed in your mind that's trying to tell you that you're more than what you really are. It doesn't matter what credentials you have, how educated you are, how much money you have, what position you occupy in your job. It's all about Christ. You need to live, we need to live our lives with humility. Because humility is what gets exalted. Humility is what has an impact on others. Humility is what will always open the doors. Proverbs chapter 16 verse 18. Pride goes before destruction. A haughty spirit before the fall. James chapter 4 verse 6. But he gives us more grace. That is why scripture says God opposes, he opposes the proud. But shows favor to the humble. Shows favor to the humble. Matthew 23 verse 12. For those who exalt themselves will be humbled. But those who humble themselves will be exalted. You're never going to be in the position where God has ordained you to be. It's not a position, uh, uh, it's not a position in below deck. It's not a position behind the scenes. God wants to give you favor. He wants to prosper you. He wants to make you the head and not the tail. That is what he has promised in his word. The things that have not been heard, things that eyes have not seen, are the things that God has prepared for you. Say amen if you believe that. But in order for you to receive that you need to make it a priority that your life is not centered around you it's centered around God and the third attitude is fruitlessness praise the Lord this one's very simple 
And I'll start it by saying this. Jesus must be your vine. Jesus must be your vine. John chapter 15 verse 5. I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. You will bear much fruit. And apart from me, you can do nothing. Verse 7, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you can ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. Verse 16 says, you did not choose me, but I chose you. I appointed you again so that you may bear much fruit and that your fruit will last. Oh my gosh. You remember when you got saved? You remember when you got saved that first six months, that first year, those first two years, you didn't miss a service. You were a prayer warrior. You were an intercessor. You would tell the pastor, pastor, whatever you need, I'm there. Any ministry opportunity in the church, even if you didn't have experience, uh, even if you didn't, ha- if you, even if you didn't know what you were going to be doing, uh, because you had that, that fruit began to, it began to give forth uh, that, that seed in you because you were connected to the vine. But Jesus is not saying, that's the only fruit I want to see. No, he wants to see your fruit after 20 years of struggle. He wants to see your fruit after 30 years. He wants to see your fruit after 40 years that you have fought the good battle of faith. That you have believed God for things that you never thought would happen in your life. Show me your fruit and I'll show you a move of the Holy Spirit. Show me your fruit. We cannot think that God is going to do his part if we don't do ours. The most powerful part of this verse is in red. And so whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. But he has, it starts with the fruit. And fruitlessness is a mute button in our lives. Because we're asking and we're thinking that God is going to do what God is going to do. When God is saying, I don't know you. I don't know you. I can't know you. Because Jesus said... By your what? By your what? By your fruit, I will know you. So that means if I'm fruitless, there's nothing to judge me by. If I'm fruitless, there's no way he can know me. Because he has established in his word that it is by his, by my fruit that he will know me. So if I'm not giving fruit, then I am on mute. And I'm not Dr. Seuss. That wasn't meant to rhyme. (laughs) So you can't live your life separated from the vine and expect to pray. And expect to seek God and expect to ask and see God give you. Let me conclude with this. There's great news. If you're in a season in your life where you have been muted... Right? You might be in a season in your life where these particular attitudes have, have crept in, have taken occupancy in your relationships, in your relationship with Christ. 
If you're in that type of a season, I want to tell you something. It's great news. You ready? Jesus took back the remote control. Jesus took back the remote. You know why? Because he was the only one who was able to unmute your sound. So that season that you're going through, you're th- you think, the devil has you thinking that you're muted. But Jesus already pressed that mute button. And the only thing he's telling you is return to the vine. Turn your back to sin. Turn your back to sin and humble yourself. Because I have the control and I'm going to unmute you so that the sound of your life can have an effect again. There's no greater verse. There's no greater verse in the Bible that'll tell me that Jesus unmuted my sound than Romans chapter 5, verses 1 and 2. Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ has done for us. Wow. We have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ has done for us. Because of our faith, Christ has brought unto this place, uh, unto, uh, He brought us unto this place of undeserved privilege. Where we now stand. You're in a space that you didn't deserve to be in, but Christ, but Christ paid the price That you might be made righteous. And we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing. That's an announcement. Hallelujah. That's a declaration. That is a message. That it it needs sound in order to have an effect. You got to make that sound of God's glory in your life. And what he's done for you. In order for it to have an effect. Hallelujah. James chapter 5 verse 16, the second part, it says, the earnest prayer of a righteous person. So Romans 5, 1 and 2, you were made righteous. So when you were made righteous, that was Jesus pressing the mute button in your life. You are no longer silent. You now have sound coming out of your life. You now have sound in your relationships. There's something moving in your life now. You have a direction where you can have an impact, where you can be influential, where you can have an effect on people because you turned, the devil tried to sow sin and you turned your back to what the devil was trying to attack you with. The devil tried to infiltrate your life with pride, but you turned your back on the attack of the enemy and you decided to believe God. And now the earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power oh my goodness and produces wonderful results with the shed blood of Christ we have been given our voice back praise Jesus and he has called us to be announcers of his grace his truth and his love there are forces in this world that want to censor the truth of Christ and I go back to this This is the Lord gave me this last night. The intolerance of truth. You're going to have to let this soak a little bit. As you're in the beach, or when none of you are going to the beach, but as you're around your barbecue and doing your barbecues and going to Dorney Park and doing whatever you're going to do tomorrow, you're going to have to soak on this because I know, I know it's going to, it takes a little bit of brain power. The intolerance of truth 
is the platform for the indulgence of bondage. You got to write that down. Why? Because what this means is that bondage is always going to be happy. Bondage is always going to have enjoyment. Bondage is always going to indulge at your expense simply because the truth is not being spoken with sound. So our society is going to continue in bondage and their bondage is going to see, it's going to appear to be something that is indulging, but really it's bondage, it's slavery, it's the devil doing whatever he wants to do with this generation because they have turned their back on the truth, but that is exactly what Christ has called us to proclaim. That is exactly what Christ has called us to proclaim. The church cannot be censored. The church cannot be canceled. The church cannot be categorized. We are not, uh, we are not a group of white nationalist bigots. We are the bride of Christ that was washed with his blood and we are waiting the return of Jesus. We are the light of the world and we have an announcement to make. Uh, we have an announcement to make. We have a message to share. Oh, Hollywood can't with the church. Disney World got nothing on the church. Amazon got nothing on the church. Starbucks got nothing on the church. Oh, the ACLU got nothing on the church. It's hot in here. I'm going to give you three reasons why you have an announcement to make. This is my conclusion. Number one, you were pulled out of darkness. Let me keep going. See, this is, uh, I, this is, next time you're going to do my PowerPoint. Oh, this is, okay, I don't think I have these three. I didn't put these three intentionally because I knew I was going to be against time. So I don't want to make this a slide. (laughs) Three reasons why I know for a fact that I know that I know that I know not because I've heard or I've read, but I know that I know that I know that you have an announcement to make and that the devil wants to do whatever he can do to mute you, but he's not going to, he's not going to accomplish doing that because you have already been washed by the blood of Christ. Praise the Lord. Three reasons why you have an announcement. Number one, you were pulled out of darkness. Praise God. And if you were pulled out of darkness, then you have a testimony. Hallelujah. If you were pulled out of darkness, you didn't walk out of darkness voluntarily. You didn't one day say, ah, I think I'm done with this darkness. Let me see what that church down the corner is doing. No, something happened in your life. Oh my goodness. Something happened in your life when you were in that dark room, when everybody turned their back on you, when everybody said you were a failure, when you thought you were going to have a drug overdose, when you thought you were going to be in a hospital, in a mental institution. You were in that darkness, uh, but someone walked in uh, when everyone left you alone uh, and they pulled you out of time. Oh my goodness. They pulled you out. uh, And if you were pulled out, then you have an announcement to make. I don't know how many were pulled out of darkness in this place. Uh, 
but you have an announcement to make and that announcement says uh, Jesus is the light of the world I'm not telling you this because I learned it in Sunday school I'm telling you this because I was in darkness uh, and the light uh, came into my world he pulled you out number two you were filled with his spirit You were pulled out of darkness. You were filled with his spirit. He didn't put his spirit inside of you. He didn't fill you with his spirit for you to stay silent. He didn't fill you with his spirit for you just to enjoy, enjoy the gift of speaking in tongues. While you're praying, you take... 15, 20 minutes where you're just praying in tongues and you're praying in the spirit. See how uplifting that isn't in your life, in your prayer life. He didn't just fill you with his spirit for you to enjoy. He filled you in with his spirit for you to engage. He filled you for you to engage your culture, for you to engage your family members that don't know Christ, for you to engage your society, for you to engage your co-workers. You were filled with his spirit because you have an announcement to make. Number three, you were given his word. He deposited his word in your life. How do I know this? You can read it later. Jeremiah chapter 20 verse 9. Jeremiah had been, and I'm paraphrasing, the, the high priest had thrown Jeremiah into a pit in the in the prison and Jeremiah had enough. Have you ever been in that place where you had enough? Jeremiah had enough. And because he had enough, he told God, I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm done. If I die in this prison, I'm going to die in silence. I'm not going to speak about you anymore. I'm not going to talk about you anymore. I'm not going to preach anymore. I'm done, God. This is it. And the Bible says that when Jeremiah was expressing these words, when he was expressing these words, the Bible says that he suddenly says, and as I was speaking and uttering these words, I felt a fire shut up in my bones. I felt a fire shut up in my bones. And he says, because your word, because your word was in me like a fire shut up in my bones. It doesn't say his word came in me. It doesn't say, Miriam, his word appeared. No, it said his word was shut up in my bones. It was already there. The word of God is already there. Hallelujah. The word of God for restoration in your marriage is already there. The word of God for restoration of your children is already there. The word of God that says that you are the head and not the tail. The word of God that says no weapon forced against me shall prosper. That word is already shut up in your bones. It's already working in your favor. If you have a word, if you have a word, you need to make a shout right now. If you have a word, you need to make a sound right now. God wants to move on that word. God is going to act on that word. 
He's going to act on that word. Stand with me. Stand with me. He's going to act on that word. Hallelujah. Come on, stand with me and make a sound. Stand with me and release a sound. Stand with me and release. If you believe, if you believe you have an announcement to make, stand with me and make a sound in this place. Make a sound in this place. Make a sound in this place. Shout it like you know that you know that you believe what God has put in your life. That's the sound. That's the sound. That's the sound that's going to bring down the walls. That's the sound right there. That's the sound that's going to bring down the walls. That's the sound that's going to open the prison doors. That's the sound that's going to confuse the enemy. That's the sound that you need for your sanity. That's the sound that you need for your healing. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. The Spirit of God is releasing a sound. The Spirit of God is releasing a sound. The Spirit of God is releasing a sound in this place. Oh, hallelujah. Yeah, we worship you, Jesus. Your announcement, your sound. Your announcement, your sound is for this season, God says. It's for this season. You don't gotta wait. You know, God, I, I know there might be things you're waiting on God for, but you do not need to be waiting on God to release your sound. God says your time for making an impact on your generation is right now. This is the season. This is the time. This is your moment. This is your moment. This is your moment. This is your moment. So real quick, you're standing with me. You know, you know, you know, you know, you know. You know if the devil has tried to mute you. You know. So I'm going to make an altar call, right? I want to pray with you. I want to declare with you. I want to make a sound. If that's you, come on, just run up here right now, right now. We're not going to take a lot of time. We're not taking a lot of time. We're not taking, it's 103. And we're not going to be long, but you need to release that. This is your moment, says the Holy Ghost. This is your moment right now. It doesn't matter how old you are, how young you are, how how tired you are, how weary you are. Come on, come on. This is your time. God is going to give you your sound back. That mute button is going to be unpressed in your life. God is giving... God is going to give you your sound back in Jesus' name right now. Come on. 
Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Just run up here and begin releasing that sound in Jesus' name. Begin releasing that sound right now. Holy Spirit of the living God, we worship you. We worship you. You are worthy. You are worthy, Jesus. You are worthy, Jesus. Yeah. Oh, there's a sound rising. There's a sound rising in this place. We will not be silent. We will not be silent. Oh, we will not be silent. Silence has killed my relationships. Silence is done killing my momentum. Silence is done killing my effectiveness. Silence is done killing my impact. There is a sound. There is a sound. There is a sound. Release your sound, says the Lord. Release your sound, says the Lord. Release your sound, says the Lord. Holy Spirit of God, right now there's a word. Release your sound in Jesus' name. Come on, come on, don't stop, don't stop, release that sound.
Come on, if you have a sound, let it out right now. Let it out right now. Let it out right now. Father, in Jesus' name, I declare that there's a sound rising from this sanctuary, from this congregation, from every marriage, Lord. There's a new sound in 2022. There's a new sound in 2022. What's happening in the atmosphere, what's happening in the spiritual realm is happening because something is rising. Something is rising in this season. So I declare in Jesus' name, your anointing, your infilling, your empowerment over every single person in this room right now. And we stand firm and we declare that we will not be silent in Jesus name if you believe that give him a shout like you know hallelujah yeah let it rise 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 oh hallelujah glory to Jesus Lord, right now, we pray for supernatural healing in every heart and every body. Anybody here, Lord God, with pain in any part of their body, we just declare it. We declare it canceled right now in Jesus' name. I don't know about you folks, but I know that God... He's preparing something great for this church. And this is only the beginning. Come on, give God a hand clap offering. God is still ministering, but you are free to go. Have a great 4th of July. Celebrating the independence of this great country. God bless you. God keep you. I hope you've enjoyed today's message and that it has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening in. If you have met Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, would you please connect with us either at our website, www.centralfamily.net, or perhaps give us a call at 610-865-0577. We'd love to hear from you. Also, if this has been that kind of a blessing to you, would you consider blessing us with a financial gift to make it possible for us to continue to do what we're doing here and taking the gospel not only to the Lehigh Valley but around the world. We want to do our part in reaching the people that God has entrusted to us with the gospel of Jesus Christ. You can help us with your financial gift or sowing a seed to this ministry. God bless you. Have an amazing day. Remember, you can reach us and give through www.centralfamily.net.